It's Friday, June 25th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast, coming to you from a mountaintop in the Appalachian Mountains. I'm, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Um, from the Jersey Shore this week, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello, friends. Just good vibes here. <laughs> from uh, Nashville, just, just, just returned from a remote location, back in Nashville, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. Bang, bang, bang. And and sitting in for Jamie Ivy, who's away, she couldn't phone in like Jesse and I are. Uh, Jamie's out uh, this week, so sitting in with us once again, our friend, author, counselor, Kristen Howerton. Hey, Kristen. Hey, guys. How's it going? How are you? How's it going in California? It's going pretty good here. We just, you know, California was one of the last man standing in terms of COVID restrictions and mask mandates and all of that dropped two weeks ago. And so... My children are at camp today, and we are being around friends again, and it's lovely. Side note, Kristen, I need to know what you think about Jesse's haircut. Jesse's haircut. This is the pressing okay, thing. I know. See. I know it's an audio podcast, so we need to describe what's going on yeah. in Jesse's video window. He is recording from a motel room in the Jersey Shore, which is all pastel with the re- requisite beach painting behind him. You know, the That's waves. Right. Yeah. He it's is wearing a pastel, yeah. a pastel peachy orangey shirt, pinky <laughs> kind of color. Right. And he has the haircut of a nine-year-old boy. If Elvis, if Elvis grew up in Wyoming, that's what his haircut would look like. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. Wow. Uh, if people have been following, you know, the show on the gram, they'll see that I've I've been letting my I, I had kind of the COVID hair going, just not really any plan. It was getting a little long, getting a little mangy, and I was wearing a lot of hats because it was just it was it was a little getting a little out of control. Right. And you know we're on family vacay here, and I made a deal that I I promised my wife that we're going to do a big family portraits later this evening, and I had promised her that this was the deadline for a haircut, the day of the portrait. So of course I waited. I didn't get a haircut before vacation. No. I waited to the very last minute which no. means i was looking for a barber shop no yesterday in the middle you, of don't, you don't do it the day it, yeah. of you gotta have three days yeah. post haircut for to, to I, normalize i it, well <laughs> it hasn't okay why did why did you steal and your son's haircut is the question i want that's we, the question we ended, they only had it was a barber shop that pretty much had one haircut what is it called the super high tights. yeah no it was it was a barber it was it was like a barber shot shop and I was the only you walked male in and they in said there. do you want the man or the woman and that's it they have two cuts the yeah. man and the woman I mean it was basically it was it was like I want haircut like it wasn't like yeah. I, I want this haircut it was like give me the haircut that you do here I'm gonna sit here and it was me and all women and they were lovely I was the youngest one there and uh you know but uh we chopped it up a lot me and the so, gals um, oh they got a lot of drama going on with their ex-husbands that I was uh you know you know, did not mind giving my two cents on here and there. Oh uh, but anyway, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, quite the, quite the experience, but here I am fresh haircutted. Oh my gosh. On the day of a family portrait, which you're going to have for the rest of your life. You didn't think this through, buddy. You, you can't do it the day of. I, I, I had weeks to prepare. I had weeks yeah. to get a haircut, but I waited till <laughs> mm-hmm. I was on vacation at the most inconvenient time possible in a place where I don't know where any of the, the, I, I, I don't know people who cut hair up here. I'm like all my, I went to three different places. They're just trying to find one that would see, take me as a walk. See what happens when you procrastinate, you get the dentist to minutes cut. 
Can you be? Hey, let's be honest though, Derek. He's in the yeah. Jersey Shore, and he walked into an unknown barber and said, "Give me a haircut." Mm-hmm. I set thought up. he'd walk it's out looking like up. the situation or something, you know, with like the right. hair gelled straight up. <laughs> so hey, some razor cuts. You got lucky. Yeah. You got lucky on this one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now if you came here looking like the situation, I mean, I, honestly, that probably would have been an upgrade. I would. I would have taken it. I, I think when I asked the ladies in this salon if they could do a couple stripes in the eyebrow, you know, as a little homage to the Jersey Shore, they, they acted like I had three heads. And so I feel like we just when you continued. walked in to a barber and it was all old women, that might have been a clue. That was the signal, bro. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's, the, that's the run. No, that was a, it was a great sign. It was like, hey, no line here. This is an in and out operation. Like, you like didn't walk out goal. with a perm. Yeah. For real. <laughs> hey, we it's should like, jazz wanted, it like up. one of those big yeah. astronaut helmet. Yeah, one of those big astronaut helmet. Uh, you bro, know. you should have went to a Puerto Rican barber, bro. That's the That was the tip. It's fine, you. If you're up in the Northeast, you find you a, a, a Puerto Rican barbershop and okay. they're going to get you together. It's going to coldest line <laughs> of all time. That's the thing. He'll come out looking with it. He's not a lined up kind of a haircut guy. I think Cindy did a fine job and I'm very happy <laughs> oh, for her, her and Cindy. her boyfriend, hey, Cal, Cindy. who are navigating a lot of drama right now. So hey, it at least was she didn't just give fine you the, the Jersey Shore female poof thing, you know, the big hair thing. So Most of them had, had I was quite impressed by just the overall volume and size of the <laughs> hair that they were, you know, very, achieving. So, very impressive. But here I am, ready for my portrait tonight. You know? Fabulous. I have your last beachfront portrait on the podcast studio shelf back home. Uh, you and Dana on the beach in the matching outfits from when you were it, in college. Oh, it was. That was another find. That was our engagement photo. And that oh. was came at a time when engagement photos, there was, you know, there was like one playbook. I think there was like two playbooks. And that was jeans and white dress shirts on the beach at For sunset. Sure. Right. Or That's what it's you guys like. Did. Or khakis you know, and white t-shirts, or white, white yeah, t-shirts. or it's like mm-hmm. some both both parties wearing like a you know like a jersey or football something with a funny nickname on the back. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. his gal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that was like the two. You're spending too much time in the Jersey Shore, man. I don't mm-hmm. think people did that. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, that's what we're doing. Tonight. Ain't nobody do that and with you. At the at the at the recommendation of the gals at the salon, that's what we're doing tonight. So everyone's just gonna have to deal with it. You're doing football jerseys? No, no I'm you're not. Okay. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be wearing. I'm just show. I, as you can tell, I'm totally botching. I've, I've I had a very limited responsibilities, and I've already botched them. Biking in a bad haircut. Jesse, are you drinking a beer? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I thought you went hard on vacation at noon. Look, look, I am on a vacation at the Jersey Shore. This you. you it's I, who knows okay. what's in this seltzer can, Kristen? Okay. It, in, New, in New Jersey. Noon is about 5.30 normal time. I mean, time if you need to drown your to... sorrows about that haircut with a noon uh, beer, yeah. more power yeah. to you. Yeah, I yeah. think, well, I, I maybe think that's, after the show. that's maybe justified, bro. I won't even be mad at you. I won't even lie. <laughs> and Derek, you just got back from vacation. And I'm not going to put on blast everything that you did, but like you, ha- you went with friends to this mansion in Orlando and mm-hmm. looked like you guys had a great time. Yeah, it was amazing. It was... Um, they had a swimming pool, um, basketball well, yeah, court. You're in Florida, of course, you have a swimming right. pool. Right. Yeah, yeah. Basketball court, bowling indoor, alley, um, indoor basketball court. Yep. Arcade, um, bowling alley, uh, theater. Yeah. So you know, I just sat in a pool and and turned into a raisin, pretty much. There that's all I did. It hey, was that's what. Do, hey, that's my weekends. Every weekend in Florida, I just literally float in the pool all day Saturday, all day Sunday. That's it. I believe it, man. It's so refreshing, especially because the humid makes uh, Florida feel like Uh hell. So 
<laughs> definitely. Humidity. Uh-huh. Uh, I would definitely want to be in a pool for sure if I lived in yeah. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. I'm up in the mountains. We just decided to get away for a week. I figured son's out of school. I can work from anywhere. Let's just go somewhere else and work. So that's what we're doing here. What, we're up what, in the, what led you what, what led you to, to choose the, the, the mountains? I'd, it feels different than Florida and we could drive yeah, to yeah. it. So that was yeah. it. We just went up to the North Georgia mountains so right next to Tennessee, the Blue Ridge mountains, right? The Smokies and stuff. Uh, the Appalachian Trail. It's a beautiful right area here. too. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. And uh, we, we're exploring all the little towns and the back roads and there are, I, I'm not joking. There are probably two to one fireworks stores to churches up here. It is amazing <laughs> how many fireworks. That's, that's, what I call, that's what I call God's country. No, these are permanent year-round oh, buildings, Kristen. These are not tents. Oh. These are buildings, superstores, yeah. distribution centers. They love yeah. their fireworks. East In East Tennessee, if you go to East Tennessee, on the way to Chattanooga, if you're coming from Nashville, going on 24. On the way to Chattanooga, it's the biggest fireworks store I've ever seen in my life. It's a oh, fireworks store and one. it's a gas and it's a gas station. And it's year yeah. round and it's popping. Do you hear me? Always. I'm talking about oh, popping. Because one thing about Tennessee is, is we like blowing stuff up. That's uh-huh. just that's what we do. You know what I mean? It, 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 and and they were essential. Like they did not shut down. They were <laughs> top of the list. No. They had <laughs> as a like, fact. Like there there are certain parts of the country where what what is essential is is firework stores, uh, uh, terrarium uh, suppliers. You know things like in certain parts of the country. <laughs> you gotta keep that, your iguana alive. Yeah. Exactly. And so you go out. You go out to you know like I said. God's country. And, you know, you, you just follow the rules out there. And the rules are fireworks open 24-7, at least three stores per every four square miles. It's just the law Dude, out there. And I, I I'm support telling it. you. Hey, and I'm doing a lot of research for our game next week, our annual event. It's the last It's the last podcast before July 4th. So we always do the game Indie Rock Band or Firework. Man, I got some good reconnaissance for, for the lineup this year, buddy. <laughs> I'm was, ready. There's some impressive names. Some impressive I names. Say, I was going to say, all of the supply chain stuff that we've seen affect so many industries, they haven't yeah. even, it's not even touched the firework industry because they, they've all. been going homemade chemicals for a long time. And so we're <laughs> going to see some real creative, we're going to see some really creative fireworks this year, guys. It's Dude, pretty exciting. Know, I didn't know this. I thought they were national, but it, apparently it's primarily the Southeast. The number one uh, fireworks brand is TNT fireworks. So I didn't That's know that. It's out there yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. If you look at their website, their physical locations are primarily on the East Coast and Southeast. Um, but we were driving to Chattanooga and came across the TNT Superstore. Okay. I had never seen, I mean, this thing was as big as a Kmart, full it's crazy. of fireworks. I could not believe it. So, of course, we stopped and I uh, had to stock up for Fourth of July. My son, who's a little bit more cautious than I am, did point out on our way back that the back of our car is full of explosives for the rest of our road trip. So didn't think that through, but I kind of, I kind of went above and beyond this year, Jesse. 
you would be proud yeah. of Good. the fireworks Good. that I collected. I mean, if you if you if you happen to be driving by a fireworks superstore and you don't stop, I question. Yeah. I yeah. question your patriotism. Are you American? Right. I know there's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know there's a lot of important conversations happening uh, about nationalism right now. But look, if you don't stop at a fireworks superstore, that's a red flag. For we me. can all I'm agree sorry. on fireworks. I'm, right. Yeah, exactly. I think we can, we can all, all agree on fireworks together. together. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Here's yeah, what yeah, was exactly. special about this, the superstore. I'm, t- I'm not kidding. I would ask the guy, the guy, really helpful staff, by the way. I mean, it just it's literally like a Home Depot of fireworks. You're just well, aisles and aisles and aisles of it, right? And I'm like, well, what would you recommend for this kind of a thing? How long does that take? And he goes, oh, let me just show you. They have big screen TVs where they pull up the specific fireworks <laughs> so you can see them. That's OD. That's extra. And go, okay, I like that. That's, yeah, that's the experience extra. That's I want to have. I love it. That's OD. So then I'm checking out. Somebody calls. And they're like, hey, we uh, placed an online order for pickup. And he's like, we've already pulled it, ma'am. They have, in in Chattanooga, Tennessee, people have drive-up fireworks situations where they will pull your order for you like it's Costco or something. I don't understand. It's a year-round situation. I I told you that fireworks are not a game. Fireworks are not (laughs) a game. not a game. See, we don't have any of this. None of this is allowed. We can sell fireworks for one week in July. But the superstore you're describing, we have that oh. for weed. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> like okay. the exact same thing. So you're like burning, you're burning screens. something different. I get it. Yes. You're burning fancy something screens, different. online ordering, people ready to help you, every variety you've ever seen. But we're not down with the fireworks here. But the Got weed it. is okay. The craziest thing is in college in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, actually we had one of those fireworks stores uh, catch fire. And Ooh. it was the craziest thing in the world. Like it was like a four hour fireworks show. Like did everyone just come and watch? <laughs> it was it was the talk it was the talk of the little town. Got the koozies. <laughs> like it, so, so so people think people think the dude set it on fire on purpose to get out of it, you know, for insurance or whatever. I don't know, but what I know is Fourth of July. Came around hey, November. Came out with a bang. You, you, might, <laughs> yeah, look, look, you might as well pull up chairs, everyone. We have, we don't know. Listen, we could argue, was this insurance fraud? Was this arson? Who knows? Who knows? You know, what's important right now is a free fireworks show for the It was town. a good show. And so yeah, everyone, right. everyone come out. I was just going to say, I feel like the Venn diagram of customers who go to weed superstores and firework ones it's almost a perfect circle. They like yeah. you could really. I mean, I could see that. I could see honestly, like one of those like uh, KFC Taco Bell situations where yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you blows your mind because you're like, wait, am I? I'm at a KFC and Taco Bell at the same time. This is awesome. There's only the only thing separating the buckets of chicken from yes. the tacos is like a little thing in the counter, and I can get some of both. They should just do that. Like that. Every time I go to one of those, you know, if I'm like on a road trip and I. See see that sign yeah. it's like oh well we'll just pull off here because they got a couple options and i come on yeah. you know every once in a while you get the three for where they just jammed a pizza hut on the side and you're like this yeah. is blowing my mind right now <laughs> but I'm, all i'm saying it seems like a missed opportunity let's just get all of like sort of these odd superstores <laughs> and just combine them into just big halls of debauchery and yeah. let's just call it what it is to give the people hey, what they want the malls you know? are empty hey there's a lot of square footage available we can make this happen i, I, I like <laughs> i'm with it 
I'm this is the new America, ladies and gentlemen. Just shopping malls that are n- nothing but weed, fireworks, and like you know those nunchucks sword stores. They sell like they sell like they sell like replica Lord of the Rings memorabilia, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and swords yeah. and stuff. Like just yeah, yeah. just pack that the malls with those. That is a combination of death. Like I do not want somebody with a Lord of the Rings sword, a blunt. And a, and a <laughs> Roman candle that just does not sound like it's look, safe. We all know. We all know when that store moves into the mall, the mall's done. Okay, no one's go because we've all seen <laughs> it so, too. The sword they've got, they got sword that you know they have like Magic like the Gathering corner like sign that they yeah. just got made. Yeah. It, you know, just yeah, yeah exactly. The, like the Dragon's Lair or whatever is <laughs> an it's store. All, it's still all the fixtures from the previous store that was in there. They couldn't <laughs> yeah. afford their own fixtures. They just put their swords out. You know. It's a lot of swords, a little bit of Harry Potter uh, memorabilia, you know, some Pokemon yeah. cards in the corner. It's, it's it's quite the adventure. But when that moves into the mall, you know, you, you know, they might as well just convert the rest to weed and fireworks. Let's just do it. Let's just save ourselves the pain. Let's tell a- Auntie Anne's it's time to pick up Dippin' Dots. The future has come and it left it's you behind. Done. Sorry. This is a sword. This is a sword venue now. It's a sword mall now. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we have a great <laughs> show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, we talked to one of our favorite artists. Cautious Clay is here. He's dropping a highly anticipated new album today. So uh, we have him on to talk about his journey as an artist, what shaped his music and what's next. Uh, we also have our final installment of our quarter life conversation series. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Caroline Leaf today about how to have a healthy brain physically, mentally, and emotionally. And then at the end of the show, we introduce Kristen to none other than Epic Battle. Epic Battle is coming up at the end of the show. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Right now, up next, it's Slices. You're listening to Modest Mouse. The song is The Sun Hasn't Left. Neither has Modest Mouse, apparently. Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from being happy or achieving your goals or keeping you from experiencing peace? With the heaviness of all that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find purpose and joy, and that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video and phone sessions, and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. To top it all off, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash relevant. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Uh, before I get in my slice, one more red flag for mall owners out there. As soon as the store 
as soon as the store where it's like an old, a lot of old rockabilly stuff, like yeah. big, you know, it's like a life-size thing of Elvis drinking a milkshake and like that poster of James Dean with like lights on his like cigarette bud than the skyline. Right. That's a red flag too. Who is going in there? Who is going to the mall and being like, you know, I got to pop in the gap, need a new hoodie. You know, we, we got to get some socks. Oh, and I also wanted a $5 replica of a diner table and a barber <laughs> pole. Like who's buying that? Who is going to... You you guys know those stores they just appear in a mall and you know okay this mall i'm sorry this one's long gone. i have another one and this is one that i'm also seeing a lot in the truck stops around the southeast is the figurine store the crystal figurine store why mm. first of all do you need a whole store of those and so, who's the customer and my second mother, of all my mother is why <laughs> why are they in the truck stops now I though there's figurine displays for the truckers, I guess it's to take something home for the little lady yeah, or something. Take something home to mom. Mom needs another precious cheap. moment. They're not cheap. They're like these little <laughs> truckers are making like, good money these days. Okay, they, and they've been out. They've been out on the long haul. They got to bring something home. Why not uh-uh. a, a lovely crystal? A crystal moment? unicorn that's the size of three inches tall is like forty five dollars. What if no. who's buying their Cheetos and a big gulp oh. and grabbing a forty five dollar no. unicorn? I don't no. get it. I don't understand. I don't know who buys any of that. I don't either. And then there's a lot, there's a whole lot of like military stuff, like caps, like, um, you know, like uh, Coast Guard mom and things like that. That's on brand for a truck stop though. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. But the figurines thing, I was like, unless they're doing it as a gift for grandma. I'm telling you, they're taking something home to mom. My mother is the target audience. She, and she has the cabinet to prove it. But would your mom go to a mall (laughs) to shop for that? My mom would probably buy one if it's one that she didn't have at home. Yeah, she'd be tired at a truck stop and look around and, and buy some corn nuts and, and then maybe get the one she doesn't have. Yeah, she probably would. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of the fun of being out on the open road. You never know what you're going to find there. You know, that's I, I, that's actually our entire trip. I made no plans prior to the. I, bo- I booked this cabin the night before we left, like Friday night. We oh, left wow. Saturday morning. I was just like, I don't know. Let's get in the car and go. Let's figure it out. And, mm. and this, what are we going to do tomorrow? I don't know. We'll figure it out. That sounds like you know? the worst vacation of my life. That, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not about that. That's the best vacation <laughs> yeah. ever no. created. No, I yeah. need an itinerary. <laughs> Oh, really? Dude, I, oh, itinerary no. stressed me out. This was the literal <laughs> recording. This podcast was the single thing on my itinerary for the week. And yeah. I was stressed about it. it. You know, I didn't even put the haircut on the itinerary. I was just like, I'll figure and it see, out. And, and see, you're proving my point. See worked how out that perfectly. worked out? It worked out perfectly. <laughs> Made some new friends. Me and the gals, you know, they invited me out for Cosmos later. If I oh want to go, gosh. I'll oh, keep, it, keep it wide open. Um, oh, gosh. But, uh, you know. <laughs> There's just two ways to approach life. You and know? you look like the Fonz, so everything is good. I'll take it. I kind of want to have like one thing a day that we'll end up doing, or like the goal for the day is let's, you know, eventually let's whitewater raft today, or tomorrow maybe let's go into town, or what, you know, like, but, but other than that loose goal, I'm like, let's just chill and see what happens and sit out by the fire pit. And, and Cohen's put, loving it, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we have, and we have a deal. If I have to work or I have technology out, he can play video games, mm. but if I don't have, if I'm not working, which is, I'm trying to limit it, then, you know, it's no, no screens. We got to like yeah. be outside or just like whatever. That's it's cool. Just, it's so fun to just like, you know, Hey, go be bored outside. The next thing I know he's put a walking stick in the ground and he's over 15 feet away and he's throwing pebbles at it. He's just trying to like, I'm like, that's what boys should do. Throw rocks at <laughs> find sticks. A, find a, 
Find a hoop and a stick. Throw rocks at sticks. Find a hoop and a stick, and I'll see you at sunset. That's what I'm saying. That's what they did back in the day. If you're lucky, you'll find an old tire. I was like, go outside for 30 minutes. To, go outside yeah. for 30 I gotta, minutes. I gotta say, my little homie Cohen, bro. Rocks <laughs> <laughs> was about to die from boredom. Over here. <laughs> he, camera comes out. He's like made friends with a squirrel. Like he's, you know, <laughs> he's Wilson. He got a little ball named Wilson. He's like, Wilson. He's only ten minutes into. He's only ten minutes into the, the their vacation, and, and, and Cohen's already befriended a squirrel and invented a new game that involves nothing but sticks and rocks. <laughs> I did tell him next time we do this, he can bring a friend because I do kind of feel bad. It's like, go outside and have fun with your friend is different than go outside and have fun with the rock, you know? So, anyway. Yeah. All right. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, speaking of the rock, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, <laughs> mine has to do with the rock. Hey, I am i don't know about you guys. I'm, everything's coming back to life, uh, you know, cautiously, but uh, we, we're people are getting ready to really jump back in to what it was like in the before times. And so that means going back to big blockbuster movies, which I'm excited about. You know, I've gone to the movies like a couple times, kind of mm-hmm. low key, but I want like that big opening night theater packed experience like it, like we used to do. And kind of the movie everyone's been waiting for to bring us back. You know, the first like real block, they tried it with like Tenet. You know, maybe that was a little too early, but the one that I feel like everyone is just kind of mutually excited about is the upcoming installment in the Fast and Furious I knew fan, you were going to say that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say like I'm a big like I'm pretty agnostic about the Fast and Furious franchise. I'm not a completist, but, I, you know, I'll watch them here and there. I watched mm-hmm. Fast Five the other night, which is kind of, you know, largely regarded as probably the best in the series. It's debatable. Is, it really? but I is that it. the one where they drag the safe through the city? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, uh, to that, me, that to me is the one where by the end of the movie, it jumps the shark. That's the, yeah. that's the well, movie that's the where idea. it changes it, the franchise. It, it, it At no this longer, point, they just got to give them superpowers and just mm-hmm. have them face the Avengers. Well, they're, they're going, going into going space. space. They're going yeah. to space next they time. Are. So, like, they're driving the yeah. cars into space. <laughs> oh, my God. So here's the thing. It, you know, it, it totally lost self-awareness. And I think that's been a good thing. It lost because self-awareness now can, like hey, it had it before. It, I mean, hey, well, hey, it. Kristen, fair enough. Fair Kristen, point. I went to the opening of uh, Chad Michael Snavely, our old producer. He and I went to the opening night of Fast and the Furious 4 because I love number three, Tokyo Drift. It's my guilty pleasure franchise. One, two, three. We're there opening night at four. I'm telling you pack theater people are cheering people are running up and down the aisles like hooping and hollering it was like a craziest experience it's so fun and then five happened in my mind when they start dragging that safe through the city and it's like okay now what are y'all superheroes this isn't this isn't fa- racing cars that. you know what i mean i, I love, love it. it and then what was it seven where like they're in dubai and they're in one of the tall skyscrapers in a car inside the building and they jump through the glass into awesome. the You're next awesome. skyscraper a hundred stories <laughs> up i literally Kristen, and again i'm the one who loves this guilty pleasure franchise i walked out i was just oh like that's gosh. it we're <laughs> flying cars now i was like it's a lovely sunday afternoon it is i'm gonna go to the pool i do not need to no, waste my look, time I'm, I'm, gonna change your, life. I'm out i'm gonna change your mind about this whole thing because in my mind i'm like how self-aware are they because if they're kind of in on the joke that ruins it for me like i have to watch this thinking that these people behind these think it's awesome. multi-billion mm-hmm. they think that they are making like real cinematic yeah, yeah, masterpieces yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. if 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 i know that they're in on this at all it right. ruins it totally that's i true. don't want to see it that's a good right point. like yeah. if but if i know that the people behind this are just like this is going to be the greatest thing ever and no one's going to laugh at this this is going to have no unintentional comedy there's going to be no comedy at all this is an intense action movie mm. 
that's that's that gives me a lot of joy. So uh, I was very, very pleased to, to read this new profile on Vin Diesel in um in men's health, where uh, he was asked about his feud with The Rock. A lot of people might have seen this. They, they were, you know, there was some Instagram drama during the filming of this, where basically The Rock was talking about how terrible Vin Diesel was to work with, and they're just kind of sniping at each other. And I was just loving it. I don't know why. It just brings, for some reason, the Rock and Vin Diesel in an Instagram feud just makes me happy for reasons that are very difficult but to I explain. I think Vin Diesel is self-conscious around The Rock because he's like, The mm-hmm. Rock is The Rock and he's like the pebble. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like he'll never be the man and he's when he's next to The Rock. Okay. You know what but, I mean? Uh, yeah, well, and, and, and I'm going to, I think you're right on because they asked him about this feud and how hard he was pushing The Rock. Okay. Just for a little context, The Rock plays a character who's, whose name is Hobbs, uh, who is arguably the worst police officer in the history of police. In Fast and Furious 5, (laughs) literally, his entire unit is slaughtered. Every person in it is slaughtered. Then he joins up with the bad guys guys. intentionally. Then he lets the bad guys go, but tells them he's going to keep chase. He's the worst officer ever. He's a very one-dimensional character. But uh, according to Vin Diesel, the the reason that things got so aggressive, because look— the Rock needed help getting into character, and the only way to do that was essentially to bully him on set. Because you know, this is a meathead professional wrestler we're talking about. Not a, mind you, by the time him he met Vin Diesel, he had been professionally acting for almost as long as Vin Diesel. Here is Vin Diesel's quote about their trauma, and this shows not only is there a prof- not only is there not self awareness, there's a profound lack of self awareness, and I am loving it. I love how much shade he is throwing at The Rock. About a Fast and Furious franchise, and I'm not even sure if he knows he's throwing shade here. Let me read you this quote. It was a tough character to embody. The Hobbs character. That's The Rock. My approach at the time was a lot of tough love to assist in getting the performance where it needed to be. As a producer to say, okay, we're going to take Dwayne Johnson, who's associated with wrestling, and we're going to force this cinematic world audience to regard his character as someone they don't know. Hobbs hits you like a ton of brick. That's something I'm proud of, that aesthetic. It took a lot of work. We had to get there, and sometimes I had to give a lot of tough love. Not Fellini-esque, but I would do anything I would have to do in order to get the performances I'm producing. Basically, he's comparing himself to one of the all-time French filmmakers because he made The Rock almost fistfight him on a movie set. (laughs) I love it. I love that Vin Diesel thinks he's some great acting coaches because he's Uh just been antagonizing The Rock for like 10 years See, it's the opposite for me. I I was gonna say it's the opposite for me. I feel like if they if they were fully self aware and it was just a big joke and they were like, "How far can I troll the world?" That's what would make it funny to me. The fact that they're clueless makes me be like, "Yeah, it's so cringy." It's just sad. It's It's, it's sad. It is sad. Like that Vin Diesel thinks that he can use the word cinematic at all is sad. Jesse's (laughs) love language is cringe humor. It is. He loves he loves Scott's Tots episode of The Office. (laughs) I can't watch. It's like Schadenfreude. He's enjoying it. The more awkward people feel, Jesse's just loving it. You know, it's so great because I'm picturing the Rock somewhere like, oh, they. They they profile Vin Diesel about the new movie. I wonder what he's going to say. Wait, he's bullying me because I'm a bad actor? He was just trying to piss me off for like 10 years to get a better performance, to, to get a Fellini-esque performance with a jerk? And to think that anyone is going to, to like, anyone seeing this movie in order to see a good acting performance from The Rock yeah. is just so misguided. Yeah. 
You're going for the cars. You're going for the cars. You guys, I have never seen one of these movies, and this conversation is making me feel really good about that decision. Oh, no. No, no, no. There's a moment where a series, uh, like, maybe jumps the shark. You know, when the the little new cousin gets introduced to the Mm -hmm. cast or the whatever. Stop before that happens, and it's great. It's a great ride. I would go one through four, one through five, and you're good. Opposite. Opposite, Chris. (laughs) Later you jump on. He's like, start at five and go all the way to nine. feel comfortable and really good about my decision. And my okay. first foray back to the movie theater was In the Heights, and I feel good about that. <laughs> in the Heights, there you go. That's okay. That's respectful. Okay, I will say this: Have you seen the film Point Break with Patrick Swayze? And oh, Keanu I have seen Reeves? that. The old yeah. ones. Okay. Yeah. Where, yeah, where where Keanu Reeves plays Johnny Utah. Where yes. Keanu Reeves unironically plays a character named Johnny Utah, yes. a former a uh, uh, football star who goes undercover uh, to to bust the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who mm-hmm. are robbing banks dressed as presidents. That's literally the plot of the film. Johnny oh, Utah. by the way, Gary Busey is his partner. Okay, that is the plot of Point Break. All all Fast and Furious is is Point Break on steroids. They, they it's the same level of just ridiculousness. Even even the, the the characters' names are just you know Dominic Toretto. Okay, we get it. He's a tough guy. His name's Dom Toretto. We got it. He It's it's perfect. It is non self aware. Just it, it's like if you gave like a ten year old child. Four hundred million dollars, and said these these Hot Wheels are going to be real things. Totally. Tell us what they should do. He's like, well, Tell us what they should probably, do. Two big totally. two guys with muscles should probably fight each other with wrenches first. Uh-huh. Done. Uh-huh. Write it in the script. Let's figure it out. They'll fly yeah. over the, to this skyscraper, and yeah. So you saying Cohen is making Fast and Furious hey, ten right Cohen. now outside in the cabin? Outside, outside. Here's a rock. Here's a pebble. Here's some matchboxes. Go. The the plot that he would come up with, I would probably watch that. Film because it can't be that far removed from what we're about I, to I see. It. It okay, there's a, a pivotal scene in this movie. All we know is that Ludacris goes to space. Okay, like even that. If I told a 12 year old, like, hey, what if we send Ludacris to space? And like, no, no, that would never work. Like, like, but it's like literally that's most of the trailers. Ludacris in space. <laughs> do we know how he did? He like stow away? Like, do we like? We is know. he an that's astronaut? Unclear. I don't even know if they explain it in the movie. I think it just. I think it just opens up. Ludacris driving a car through space. And they we don't, don't know why. Explain. We just, you just have to accept <laughs> that Ludacris is in space driving around for some reason. We it's don't know. It's kind of like those Jason movies. You remember they did the Jason movies and they did like Jason in space or like Freddy <laughs> yeah, Krueger. Yeah. Like they just did so they many did. sequels where it's like, or Leprechaun in the Hood. I don't know if y'all ever heard oh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically Mad Libs. It was basically one. Mad Libs, which was like, here's a weird character in a weird setting. You know? Yeah. Oh, Jason no. in hell. Yeah. Oh, like Ernest goes to camp. Ernest yeah, saves yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like those ones. Yeah. Man. All right. I, I did promise a twofer. I did promise a okay. twofer. Okay. The, this one, I know, I know we've, we talked about this kind of ad nauseum, so I'm not going to spend too much time, but I, I've been a little, you know, we, all the, all the UFO talk, right? We, you know, right. it's, it's, everyone's kind of talking about the implication of this whole thing, but I've been kind of curious and about sort of the the perspective of Christians who are kind of fundamentalist in their understanding of particularly creation, right? Like for a lot of Christians, whether there's intelligent life out there, there are interesting implications, but probably not super, super profound ones. But for people who take kind of a, a, a literal interpretation of a lot of things in the book of Genesis, if there were intelligent life out there, it would have pretty profound implications for their theology. Well, uh, uh, and I've been kind of under, I've been just kind of curious about what those implications would be. 
Um, well, Ken Ham, the founder of, of Answers in Genesis, um, the yeah. the creator of the Creation Museum and a life size version of Noah Ark, whose his, his entire ministry is is basically built around the idea that he believes people should all lead read the book of Genesis as not only literal history but literal science. That is his approach. Um, he's a, and he's so a he, young Earth creationist in a very specific way. Uh, there are five christian theologies around creation you know some would be this is god's uh design but you know he set it in motion and then evolution is part of god's plan there's like five christian theologies around the creation and uh faith and science and ken ham would be the most extreme young earth creationist literal six days in and out boom nothing since then end of story right yeah yeah. yeah. And so so he wrote a long blog. He finally broke his silence about UFOs because, oh. you know, and, and part of it wasn't all that surprising to me. I mean, he says UFOs or aliens aren't in the Bible, never says God created them, so they don't exist. But he also had an interesting theological take that just based on his theology, he says, he actually says, he uses this sentence. So theologically, we know that aliens can't and don't exist. That's a pretty bold statement considering they might. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But, but here was his logic theologically. It said, he wrote this, Jesus came as the last Adam. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me back it up. When, uh, when Adam sinned, his sin affected all of creation. Jesus came as the, as the last Adam to save those of Adam's race who will repent and believe. If there were intelligent aliens out there, they would suffer the effects of sin, but couldn't be saved because Christ died for mankind, not for aliens. Therefore, theologically, we know aliens can't and don't exist. I don't really know if that adds up to me. It seems like... Uh, it seems well, He would be equating them to humans at that point, but I mean... You know, there are other uh, beings in God's creation uh, that don't have the same made in the image of God, soul, spiritual element, you know, like other all other animals. I mean, so like aliens could be intelligent life, like chimpanzees are intelligent. Dolphins are intelligent. Right. But, but, right? They, but, we, or, but, but they're angels. not necessarily sentient. Right. Like we don't know if like a, a chimpanzee or a dolphin has a soul. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But like they, they're not like sentient. Right. Right. But I'm just saying like, but there can be beings in other worlds that have intellect and the ability, but they maybe not have souls the way we believe God gave to humans, you know, or maybe anyway. there's yeah, a different I, salvation plan on that planet. Maybe something right. else yeah. happened. Totally different narrative. Maybe it wasn't maybe a snake. Or maybe was they didn't screw up. Maybe they didn't yeah. screw up yeah. and they're good. Like, maybe they, yeah. Maybe they didn't need the apple. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't need redemption. Mm -hmm. Because if they're if, if we're saying they're, they're they're intelligent, and I guess there's a lot of different ways to define a soul. But I think in kind of this Christian context, if you if the understanding that the ability to choose right and wrong, you know, is kind of the basis for how we understand morality and our need to be saved from immorality, then. You know, if if these if there are beings that are intelligent enough to either choose right and wrong, even in small scenarios, that would seemingly hypothetically make yeah. them in need of some sort of savior. Okay. I, I don't know. I, but I thought his take, it's not surprising, but it seemed kind of yeah. reductive to just be like, well, the Bible doesn't specifically. It says mankind yeah. it, 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 taking the theological approach doesn't seem to shake out in this argument to me. Yeah, um, but to me, it's like if there's something that we don't know and the Bible doesn't specifically address it, why can't we just open hold it with an open hand? 
as a yeah. believer saying, it's okay. I don't know. God didn't specifically say anything about that. So maybe, maybe not. Because he's you know, built like, a brand on certainty, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, he has to have fear. answers and fear. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. That's the Christian industry, certainty and, and fear. And, and dinosaurs with saddles on them, which you can take a picture on at the Creation Museum lobby. Which we you visited. better stop. Is that nope. a real thing? Absolutely oh, true. Yeah. Jesse and I went with Adam Smith back in the day. We went on a road trip up there to see it for ourselves. And you said a dinosaur with a saddle on it. <laughs> I mean, if they all lived at the same time, who's to say Abraham He's, didn't saddle one of those bad boys? Listen, Fast and Furious 15 is going to have a dinosaur with a saddle on it somehow. With rocket boosters <laughs> in his butt. Yeah. If I, if, 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 thank you, Chris. If, if a future Fast movie does not have our characters riding saddled dinosaurs. Yeah. Ex- his yeah, timeline that's, that's is a, that yeah. all creatures it's were created at the same time, Derek. So, so there Therefore, dinosaurs and all animals were living at the same time as humans. So that's why he's proving that that way. Like, and then the flood is what wiped them out. That's why we find their, their, you know, their bones everywhere. Um, They just died off. So all of this transpired about 175 years ago, which is (laughs) (laughs) 3000, Jesse, 3000. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Derek? Um, yeah, Subway sandwiches don't, tuna fish sandwiches don't got no tuna in it. So, really? Just, I mean, I, just in case you didn't know that. Uh, New York Times. What do they have in out. it? What is the, what is the tuna yeah, what matter? what is the tuna like? No, no one yeah. knows. Oh. So, uh, hold up, I'll read, uh. Yeah. They're being sued right now, and it, uh, so, this is a quote. No amplifiable tuna DNA was present in the sample. So we obtain no amplification of products from DNA, the researchers told the Times. Uh, so there's two conclusions. One is it's so heavily processed that whatever we could pull out, we couldn't make an identification. Or <laughs> or we got some and there's just nothing there that's tuna. So this could mean a few things that the researchers noted that now, the researchers did note that cooked tuna can be more difficult to identify than fresh-caught raw tuna. Several experts quoted in the story also noted that any fraud taking place was more likely happening at the canneries that Subway buys from rather than the restaurant. So that uh, tuna fish can that you got in your, uh, mm-hmm. in, your, in, your in your cabinet, it may or may not be tuna. It's a, it's a toss-up. So, but we all kind of knew that when we were making the tuna salad sandwiches, That's, right? Uh, we, I think we knew we that. Did. We weren't yeah. going for yeah, organic farm to table tuna. <laughs> like, point. I don't want to victim blame here, but I feel like if you're buying oh, tuna God. sandwiches at Subway, you know, oh, you know, you know, know. what you're getting into. If, if if you're purchasing seafood, uh, you know, far away from the ocean, right. and and the means that they use to apply the seafood to your sandwich is an ice cream scooper. That's a red flag to me. <laughs> to me, that tells me it's probably not the peak of freshness. Mm-mm. Put it on that white they bread had to with use, some vinegar. Yes. That, 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 that I, saw them, do, right? I saw them scrape that fish-like substance out of a tub with mm-hmm. an ice cream spook, scooper at room temperature and then smear it on bread. Like yeah. to me, I don't feel like the expectations for quality and, right. and freshness. I mean, have any of you actually high. bought tuna at Subway? Like you walked no, in and that no. was your choice. 
No, no. But they say that that's one of the. No, they say that that's one of the biggest selling sandwiches that they have. Like it's it is one of their best selling sandwiches. Well, these are the people that are buying figurines from the gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's buying it. Uh, Somebody buying it. Okay, uh, what do you have, Kristen? Okay, so there is a cheerleader in Pennsylvania who I don't know if you guys heard the story. She didn't make the cheer squad or a part of the cheer squad she wanted to be part of. She went on Snapchat. She flipped off the team. She used the F word that got back to the high school more than once. Yes. It wasn't like a slip. Yeah. It was, no, she trashed. Yeah. She was, she was trashing the team on Snapchat as teens do got back to the school. She got kicked off the squad for doing this. This right. goes to the Supreme court. <laughs> The Supreme Court. And they ruled on that, it this morning. I bet her mom's name is Karen. Her For mom sure. was having none of that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to the Supreme Dang. Court. Gets ruled on this morning. And how do you think they ruled? Uh, free uh, free speech is protected, is my yes, guess. Yes, they ruled for her. Um, that that student, she yeah. should not have been kicked off a school team for something that she did off campus. And you, it, this is an interesting huh. one. The reason I brought this one up is I usually have an opinion on things, like a quick opinion. I right. I usually form a very fast, like, I feel this way, I feel that way. But you I built a career on that. I, I have. Hot takes, yes. But I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm torn on this one. I really am. Because, I mean, as a mom, as, you know, someone who thinks, you know, the youth's need discipline like i'm like yeah you can't just trash talk you can't say whatever you want to say on social media and not have consequences but then at the same time it's like yeah she wasn't on school campus so i i don't know how i feel about this one yeah this one's tough Uh, because yeah i get the free speech argument right but at the same time you know it's not like she's kicked out of school right like i don't think she'd be i I don't think she Yeah. And, and if I'm a it's coach, an extracurricular it, that also is selective mm-hmm. and has rules and standards and, sure. and a performance m- metric that you have to abide by. You have to wear certain things on game days. You yeah. have like a code of conduct. You know what you were signing up for when you joined it voluntarily and you were approved for membership. Like this is a situation where I agree. I'm with you at first. I'm going, yeah, free speech. But you're right. Like this is like. Well, Maybe. let me tell you. Let me tell you a personal cheerleading story, and this is a little traumatic to talk about. For Uh-oh. you, for me, I was a cheerleader oh, in high cheerleader. school. It's not really traumatic. Okay. I'm being, I'm being facetious. But I was a cheerleader in high school. Um, I on Halloween, I dressed up my freshman year. I dressed up as a cheerleader zombie in my school uniform with oh, no. zombie makeup, and I got kicked off the team for defacing the school uniform. <laughs> This would be Aww. the exact same situation. It is. Yeah. And I could have taken you it should, to the Supreme Court, apparently. Court. Your mom didn't fight hard enough for My you. My mom didn't. My mom is Sharon, not Karen. And I really think that's the problem here. Sharon just uh, went uh, back uh, and she uh, she dealt with her <laughs> angst by buying a whole lot of figurines. Thanks that's how nothing. she dealt Thanks with. Thanks for nothing, Sharon. We could have, like, sued. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm to- I'm so what has to happen? One. They have to bring her back onto the to the... To the team, or do they? Yeah. Did, are they yeah. getting sued? Or? She can't kick, get she kicked gets off. back on the team. Which that? How awkward is that now? <laughs> Wait, the, the, here's another question I have: Is like the, when you do the lawsuit, it goes to one level of court, then it goes to this jurisdiction, and then you can appeal up to the federal of this jurisdiction. Then, I mean, it is usually years before a yeah. case goes from the initial lawsuit up to ultimately the Supreme Court. Years. My guess is this girl is 26 years yeah. old at this point. I think you're and right. They, and they're just doing it for spite. You know, at this point, they're just seeing it. 
There's no way she's like a year yeah, later. Yeah, that is true. That she's probably like thirty. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no chance she's still in high school. Imagine yeah. being the athletic director. You know, like when they when they kicked her off the team, and the mom came in, and they're like, "Look, look listen, she's off the team. We don't need to make a federal case out of this." And it's like, <laughs> and yeah, you're going to the Supreme Court, and you're going to lose, Chief. Just let her on the team. You could have saved yourself a lot of drama here because this escalated very quickly. The most powerful court in the world Yeesh. is deciding whether this, you know, teenager should be on her cheerleading. This could squad. have some really bad implications for. kids kids to be able to just be horrible online yeah. and schools to have, you know, no ability to censure anything, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a challenging, I l- actually listened to the daily, the New York times, uh, yeah. did, you know, played some of the legal yeah. arguments from, from both sides and it, mo- both sides made compelling cases. They do. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like if I was if I was on a team and one of my teammates was dogging us on social media, that would be a bummer to, to want to play with that person. Yeah, I, I think for the good of the Thanks. team. I mean, they do this all the time. Coaches do this all the time. Kick players off for, you know, showing up late or, you know, yeah. I mean, all, all these reasons that affect the team chemistry, morale, I mean, that are off the field issues, right? At minimum, fine. I mean, even in the pros, you get fined. Right. For certain stuff. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You can get suspended in the NBA for saying things to the media, uh, for 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 courting another player to Absolutely. say I tweet a guy hey come play with us yeah. as a violation you're suspended and fined. I mean these are off the court free speech things. Uh, huh. Kneeling for the anthem you can not, not be on the team anymore. Thanks. Yeah, Dang. I don't know. It's it's, it's wow. a weird one, but I, but I listened to that daily episode too. And one of the things they did say is it's because it wasn't clearly stated from the beginning. So now I think oh. schools are going to have to sort of have a handbook for their teams and like outline Mor- every yeah, possible not- bad behavior. I got you. Almost yeah. like contracts but, but it, that can get canceled for a morality clause or something. Right? You know, it's like wait, yeah. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to flick off my own teammates and tell them to go screw themselves. Right. You're telling me yeah. that's against the rules now? Like, <laughs> it, it, does seem, it does seem like well, it kind of. Goes without saying that uh, uh, you know any does sort not of go without saying yeah yeah evidence. wow yeah. Oh. all right well that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next cautious play joins us You're listening to Jelani Aria. The song is Overexposed. Great track. Well, today's episode is brought to you by an opportunity to win a free VIP trip to LifeFest, one of the nation's largest Christian music festivals. It's a party with a purpose. You can experience worship, great music, sermons, and many activities all weekend long. It's July 8th through 11th in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. It's coming up really quickly. Well, this free VIP trip is you and a companion getting flown out to LifeFest, put up, free tickets, the whole thing. It is brought to you by WeShare, powered by UHSM. It takes less than two minutes to enter, but you have to hurry. A winner will be selected on June 30th uh, to experience LifeFest, July 8th in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. To register for the free VIP trip to LifeFest, just go to relevant.weshare.org to enter. 
Remember, that's relevant. R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T dot we share dot org. Do it quick. They're picking it June 30th. Well, our guest today is one of my favorite artists, Cautious Clay. The singer, songwriter, and producer began experimenting with music while still in college. And since 2017, he's released three EPs, worked with artists like Taylor Swift, John Legend, and Billie Eilish. And today, today just dropped his highly anticipated full-length debut album. We talk about figuring out his unique sound, uh, how music has helped him throughout his life, and a lot more. Here is part of our conversation with Cautious Clay. What I want falls shorter than perfect, but better than earnest. Do better next time when your life wasn't worth it. We had to start fights was really just an accent because I just started making beats on SoundCloud and remixes on SoundCloud as well and some of them actually started to sort of take off. There was a bunch of beat producers at the time who were really big. Sam Gallatry, Medicine, Catronata. I was like the least popular of all of them but like I feel like I also was like as good as them you know what I mean? I, I was like oh well I can make beats I can make the most fire beats you ever heard and I still can but like I just never really took off in that way. And so I guess it sort of was a blessing in disguise because then like I started to like write music as well and then sort of get uninspired by beat making. It was like, all right, well, this is kind of fun. I'm going to try this this other thing, you know, and, and start making my own music. And yeah. And then I was like starting to craft Blood Type, which was my first EP at that time. And, um, you know, putting that together was sort of the... I think the realization that I was like, okay, this the songs, these songs are sort of different and maybe people will like them. I'm pretty particular and sort of closed off more about everything except for music you know I think music is my one outlet that I can be like oh yeah let's get weird you know um and like let's do something different at a place where I can sort of express myself in a very meaningful and tasteful way I feel like music made the most sense cautious clay as a name sort of stemmed from that idea of sort of like I can be vulnerable in my music um, but maybe not as a person A lot of my music deals with identity and relationships and my first EP was called Blood Type and I think that a lot of ways blood type is sort of like your blood type is like an A or a B or, or an O um, and that can sort of denote your identity right your physical identity so I wanted to sort of consider what the theme behind something called deadpan love would be and I think that in general, deadpan oftentimes denotes sarcasm or comedy. 
in the context of words and and how you express yourself. And I also feel like comedy is is oftentimes the most brutal and honest form of reflection in culture. Um, maybe not reflection, but expression. Um, and so I wanted to sort of think about that in the context of as a juxtaposition from like sarcasm and sort of like this wittiness, which is deadpan, love, deadpan, and then love, which is like the empathy and um, compassion that I feel like I also have deep inside me. But I think there's like this outer layer of like wittiness and like sarcasm to protect my inner layer of like empathy and compassion. So that's deadpan love. But you got your eyes down you say you're gonna leave hard to ask for how you hope that people will listen to your music and so all i can do is defend the music that i make and if people come at me saying oh he's this oh he's that in a negative connotation i can go word for word about why they don't actually know what they're talking about or maybe it's maybe it is valid and i can talk about it but i think yeah i just hope that people take away something meaningful enough to the point where they can at least have a reaction that inspires them in some way to just sort of consider their their own sort of situation or existence you know but beyond that i think i think i just just enjoy it and feel something you know Cautious Clay. You can actually read more of that conversation and read more about him in the summer issue of Relevant. It's available now at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab. It's available ad-free online. Thanks to our friends at UHSM. Speaking of UHSM, stay tuned up next. It's our quarter life conversation. Dr. Caroline Leaf joins us. You're listening to Maverick City Music featuring Harold, Sierra, and Rhapsody. The song is On and On. It's from their surprise album that they dropped last week, Jubilee, the Juneteenth edition. Well, if you've been following along for the last few months, we've done a special content series called Quarter Life, uh, specifically focused on the issues and topics you're tackling in your 20s. Uh, We've covered everything from career to faith, relationships, mental health, so much more. Talking with well-known authors, entrepreneurs, faith leaders, and others. The series concludes this week. Um, We've been publishing a new article at relevantmagazine.com every Tuesday and Thursday and had a conversation with leaders and influencers here on the podcast for the last 12 weeks. Uh, The entire Quarter Life series has been presented by UHSM, uh, incredible healthcare sharing organization. Uh, as you're rethinking everything in your 20s, you should rethink your healthcare as well. Go check out what UHSM is doing at uhsm.com. It's revolutionary. Well, our quarter life guest today is fascinating. Dr. Caroline Leaf is a communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist. 
Say that 10 times fast. For nearly four decades, she's researched the mind-brain connection, the nature of mental health, and the formation of memory. She's the best-selling author of Switch Your Brain On, uh, Think, Learn, Succeed, Think and Eat Yourself Smart, and many more. We spoke with her about the importance of brain health, like remembering that your brain is an actual organ and how maintaining good mental health means maintaining a good brain. It's a perfect ending to the Core Life series because mental health is such an important topic. Here's our conversation with Dr. Caroline Leaf. What is the, when you talk about the difference between the mind and the brain, people use that interchangeably very often. What are you, what is that difference? So yes, people do use it interchangeably and incorrectly so. That's been a development over the last 40 years as we become more versed in understanding the, the science of the brain, so neuroscience and neurobiology and neurophysiology. So everything's become very much about brain, brain, brain. And the, they talk about the brain producing thoughts or producing mind. And that's completely the wrong way around because we have to distinguish between them. They're two completely different entities and work in different ways, but they work together. Mind is what drives the physical. The brain is a responder. So if you're dead, your brain will disintegrate and your body will disintegrate. But when you're alive, like now, the energy uh-huh. from your mind is what's keeping the brain and body alive. So mind is this this energetic force, nothing weird, total science, and okay. science is very spiritual. And the most simple definition of mind is it's how we think and feel and choose. So you're always thinking, feeling, and choosing. And an even easier way to now contextualize this is if you think of the fact that you can go three weeks without food, you can go three days without water, you can go three minutes without oxygen, but you don't even go three seconds without using your mind. Your mind is operating 24-7. As you wake up in the morning, your conscious mind switches on and you start converting every experience from the cell phone that you're reading, the text, the messages, the Instagram, the conversations, the work, the whatever it is that you do, all of that is experienced through your mind and and, and your, so your mind thinks, feels, and chooses about every experience, and then it's converted into your mind, puts, pushes that through the brain. The brain then responds electrochemically and for, electromagnetically and on a quantum level and genetically and converts everything into protein structures inside of your brain that look like trees. So you literally are changing your brain as you mm. are experiencing life. So whether you control it or not, it's still happening. My argument is let's control it because if you don't control it, you build toxicity into your brain versus health into your brain. And we see from science that our brain is actually wired for love and our body is, our mind is wired for optimism, which is pure survival, which is love, made in God's image, love. So it's interesting at the core of our physical and mind is this nature of survival, which is operating in love. So anything that goes against that affects the health of the brain, the health of the body, and the health of the mind. And we we can actually control that process. That's kind of, you know, sort of the overarching premise. Where do you see in your experience, in your research, where do we tend to go wrong when it comes to controlling our minds? We, I, we and I felt this myself, feeling like you can't get your thoughts under control. Um, where do we tend to make the most common mistakes with that? Well, just the the statement that you made now is one of the most common things that people will say and will say to me is that how do you get your mind under control? How do you get mm-hmm. your thoughts under control? Well, the 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 
thing, the answer is you can. And the answer is it's a skill that you develop. And the answer is it takes, if you're going to have to make the effort to develop it and know what to do, but it's not something that's taught. You know, we taught how to eat properly. We taught how to exit. We all understand that you can't mm-hmm. just become an athlete overnight, that you've got to go and train to become an athlete and you've got to go to school to become educated. That's all mind driven. All of those are mind driven. What we not trained to do is to actually develop the mind to be able to do all of those things efficiently and to keep our emotions and our and the way we function healthy. Every experience is experienced through the mind. And I can't stress this enough because in order to manage it, you really have to realize when we talk about self-regulation, we are talking about examining the thoughts that are in our mind and fixing the thoughts that are affecting us and that we get stuck and ruminate and continue with toxic habits or where our relationships are affected because of some sort of traumatic abuse in the past or something like that. Self-regulation is that process. So you could do a simple thing like breathe in for three three counts, breathe out for seven counts. If you breathe out longer than you breathe in, you, you push blood flow to the front of your brain and that increases your decision-making capabilities. So you're suddenly much better with decisions just by that breathing. It's also calmed down the neurochemical chaos. So you kind of, okay, I'm nervous but and I'm anxious, but I, I can do this versus, oh, I can't do this, it's too much. So that's kind of the breathing. I, there's a lot of different exercises that I've given in the book, but this 10-second pause, three in, seven out, um, is incredibly powerful. As Caroline Leaf. Her latest book is called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. It's available now. Go check it out. And go check out the entire series at Quarter Life. You can just click on the Quarter Life tab there at relevantmagazine.com. While you're there, you can also get our Quarter Life Handbook. It's a free digital ebook. Uh, that's made available by UHSM. It, you know, we it has insights from leaders like uh, Christine Kane and Scott Harrison and so many others. Core Life Handbook available at the Core Life section at Relevant. Go check it out. Okay, stay tuned. Up next, oh, you won't want to miss this. It's Epic Battle. This week on Relevant Recommends, we're talking about Kelsey McKinney's new novel, God Spare the Girls, which follows the strained relationship between two sisters when they learn that their megachurch pastor dad has been having an affair. I'll tell you more and share some of my conversation with Kelsey over at RelevantMagazine.com. I'd be lying if I said I knew the way. You're listening to Ty Verdes. The song is A-OK. What a summer happy tune. Well, today's show is also brought to you by The Reset, a mental health and wellness virtual summit coming on Saturday, July 24th. It has been a hard couple of years for a lot of people, and we're all looking for some sort of reset button. And... We have just what you're looking for. We share, powered by UHSM, is bringing you the Reset 2021, a faith, mental health, and wellness virtual summit 
like I said, on Saturday, July 24th. You don't want to miss this insightful and refreshing weekend as we hit reset to get our mind, body, and soul regrounded and back on track. The summit will include amazing speakers such as Brittany Moses, Dr. Caroline Leaf, Tony Collier, Ben Corson, and so many more, as well as special performances from Jamie Grace and Morgan Harper Nichols. You can register now at weshare.events.com. Okay, we promised it was coming. Here it is. It's time for... All right, Kristen, here's what's about to happen. I'm scared. We are doing two, we are doing two teams and joining us for the game today, Relevant Senior Editor Tyler Huckabee. Hey, man. Hey, everybody. All right. So what we're going to do, Kristen, is two teams and you guys can, you know, discuss, you know, your answers. All right. So the premise of Epic Battle is this. And on and the Twitter world, especially in the nerdy comic book world that Derek whoa, and Tyler whoa, live whoa, in. Whoa, 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 Hold on. Slow down. You put a little too much dip on your chip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dorky. It's dorky. dorky. It's not nerdy. It's very dorky. <laughs> they, they, they like to debate who's the best. You know, Batman's better than Superman and, you know, or whatever. Everybody has an opinion online now and whatever. We just decided we would just end all of that and and once and for all decide on epic battle who would win between two you know individuals at various challenges or scenarios okay so what i'll do is tell the two people that that are in the battle and the scenario and each of y'all will have a, you'll be a team you'll be teamed up and you will debate or give the reasons why you feel your person would win or be the best at said situation. And I, the impartial ruler, will listen to all the debates that are made and will determine once and for all the winner of that battle. Okay. Does that make sense? Done. A little bit of, you'll, you'll, you'll catch Easy. the flow. All right. Easy. You'll catch so, the flow. So is the first, is the first epic battle about something I said on Snapchat about you guys and whether I'm kicked off the pot here because <laughs> I will defend my right to be here. So, so uh, the teams today will be uh, the 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 nerd people. Derek and Tyler will be teamed up. Yeah. The comic book yes. experts will be teamed up against Kristen. And Did this man just call us the nerd people? Tyler, no, I feel very <laughs> confident about us. I'm just doing a Vin Diesel. I'm doing a Vin Diesel right now. I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to egg you on to get you going. This is Selenius' tactic to get us riled up. Reason the best performances. All right, I need a team name for the comic book guys. I need a team name for y'all. So, what's your team name? Tyler. Tyler is the name. Is the name genius? So, okay, we're we're just gonna because I feel so. I feel so good about where we're coming from. We're just going to go at the champions. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Jesse, is, Kristen, what's your team uh-huh. name? I think Supercuts. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's Supercuts. <laughs> I mean, that's where, you know, I just a lot of knowledge in there. The conversations with these women went in a lot of strange places, but I feel very equipped on a wide range of topics. Let me just say this. Kristen just won the episode. After my morning in that salon. Oh, man. Kristen Kristen just won the episode. Y'all, okay, so it's right. the champions Why are we even playing this game? The name is the, is the win. We're good. All right. So I got a grab bag here, Kristen, of all the different characters and all these different scenarios. And I'm literally just going to 
just just shuffle them up and here we go. Okay. Here's what comes out. All right. For the first epic battle, it's going to be uh, for the champions. You're going to have Michelangelo, the painter, uh, supercuts. Y'all are going to have Michelangelo, the ninja turtle. Okay. okay. And the, and the scenario is bull riding. Who would be better? Who would last longer at bull riding? Michelangelo, the painter or Michelangelo, the ninja turtle, Champions, you're up first with your opening argument. All right, all right, Derek, you want me to run run point on this one? Because I think I because I think it's pretty for the love of God, please. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward because this isn't a hard one. I I think Michelangelo the painter. It's not there's there's two reasons for this, and I'm making them both very brief because I know we're out of time. One, Michelangelo very famously was one of the early uh, people who really studied anatomy physics had an in-depth understanding of science that was well ahead of his time he would understand the gravitational forces around bull riding in a way that i just don't think a a turtle a teenage turtle by the way would be able to Mm -hmm. really so we're talking about michelangelo a scientist a physicist who was ahead of his time on every single scientific area of study that was known to humanity at the time versus a teenage turtle situation i'm i'm i feel bad having to come after jesse and Kristen this early and this hard with such an unfair matchup but it's pretty straightforward that the painter would have would run away with this one it wouldn't even be close all right uh, jesse what uh, supercuts what is your opening rebuttal your opening statement of why michelangelo the turtle would be better well, at bull riding well i think we have to start with frog legs which is you know just the shape the physicality of a frog leg on a bull versus human mm. legs, I, I think the advantage is clear. There's a lot of muscle. There's a lot of shape that's going to give us an advantage. We also have youth on our side. Teenager. <laughs> and, and experience. We did say how old Michelangelo he's is. And experience. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's probably okay. an old. All right, that's our opening. Okay, Derek, what's your, your, your rebuttal to that? We're going to talk about gravity, and we're going to talk about a turtle that has a shell on its back trying to stay on top of a bull Mm -hmm. that's jumping up and down. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm so, I mean, human versus big old turtle with a shell mm-hmm. on his back um, and it's a it's a human sized turtle actually I think Michelangelo is like 6 7 so it's a 6 foot 7 turtle Some with gravity. a big 6 foot 7 sized shell on his back trying to stay on top of a bull it's no question mm-hmm. he's going to fall without that without a doubt okay and Jesse your final response I mean, look, guys, this is just, this is a matter of safety, okay? Michelangelo rides skateboard. He uses nunchucks. He's very good at balance. You're telling me an old mm-hmm. scientist you're going to put on the back of a bull? That just makes me nervous, guys. Uh, I, listen, I'm not throwing... We did I, not I, say I don't, his I don't, age. I don't, I'm, trying to offend, yeah. I'm not trying to offend any scientists out there, mm. but it's not like they have this reputation, these great athletes. You're, mm. what, you're willing to throw an elderly scientist on the back of a bull... <laughs> Instead of a literal superhero Artist. with a shell, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, with, with a protective who who has, thank you, Kristen with, has a protective massive shell, a 600 I mean, pound seen, shell, right? That yeah. that gravity. As yeah. soon it's as the bull goes up, the shell pulls him back. Even, the bull doesn't movie, have to buck. Like, He's just gonna three roll dozen, off. I've seen him fight three dozen ninjas. Yeah, he's taking out three dozen ninjas with a pizza box. Okay, you think he's gonna have a problem with a bull? And you want to throw an elderly one of our great minds? And you want to throw him on the back of a bull to, to get seriously it's injured? Shame on, shame on you, champions! Why, why are we Shame saying elderly? Doesn't specify how old he was. 
Hey, he, I, I, I think we got the young, sexy Michelangelo. That yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's Michelangelo. But do, you know what I'm saying? was he sexy or did he just draw sexy people? Like I feel like he spent a yeah. lot of time drawing I think sexy and people thinking, draw sexy people. But like he was probably <laughs> sexy people. Draw sexy, sexy people draw sexy people. Hey. It's, uh, a, it's a rule that's no, in the artist's handbook. Uh, yeah. I, 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 listen, I'm going to say it. Michelangelo is compensating for something. I am not uh, presuming I what. <laughs> All I am saying is a yeah. normal person does not spend their whole life drawing naked people. He's, he's compensating red, for his lack of flab. He's uh, like, I'm, like he's. You're talking peak, about a different competition humanity. here, and that's not what. This is bull riding. I'll be honest with you. When I first thought of this visually, the the shell was a major thing for me like uh the balance and all that and i i was i was listening to what y'all were saying uh champions but the athleticism when jesse brought up the skateboarding and the balance and and the strength of his legs and the in the center of gravity that he's got because of the skateboarding and all that i'm with you on on the the ninja turtle i think michelangelo the ninja turtle would absolutely win the epic battle of bull riding against michelangelo absolutely the artist yeah just not fair go team Whatever. The next one is is uh, <laughs> the all five hosts of the View, all five hosts of the View versus Jars of Clay, and the competition is the Dare to Share Evangelism Marathon. Most converts win. Okay, all five hosts of the View versus Jars of Clay, who are not known for their evangelism, mind you. Dare to share evangelism marathon. Most converts wins. Champions, you get jars of clay. Supercuts, you get all five hosts of the view. He's uh, us. Uh, Jesse, your team is up first this round. Tell me why all five hosts of the view would be better at evangelism than jars of clay. I mean, to me, this seems like a war of attrition where people are like, listen, I will convert. I just please make this stop. Just please, <laughs> please. I'll do whatever you, you're asking. I will. Whatever you're asking me to do I'll with my eternal soul. I'll walk down I'll the aisle. Just make them stop talking. I think it's a tie. I think it's a hard tie. It's a cold war of attrition. Everyone's like, no, tap it. What? I, yeah, I'll say the prayer. Let's do it all together. Why don't we just... Uh, I don't even have to close my eyes. I'll raise my hand right here in front of everybody. Yeah, let's do it right now. I've done this. I've done this at youth camps. You know, I I doubled down yeah. a couple times at youth camps just in yeah. case. Who among you know? us yeah. has not raised our hand for salvation to make someone just stop asking, is there one yeah. more? <laughs> <laughs> Who among us? We'll say it. We'll do it all again. Hey, hey it's 12.15. I'm hungry. Pastor, wrap it up. Fine. I'm in. Let's go. Listen, yeah. I respect evangelists, but, but, but this yeah. is one of those scenarios where... People are doing whatever they got to do to. Okay, good opening time, argument, uh, champions. Uh, what, what's your first argument? Why jars of clay would win the evangelism marathon? So uh, I'm gonna save the the cleanup for the for the uh, for the youth group kid. But <laughs> um, my perspective I, here, I get it. Right, so we know jars of clay. They're not known for, um, you know, they're not known for evangelism, but. One of the most popular Christian bands of all time. They grew up mm-hmm. during a time where revivals were huge and different things like that. And my personal perspective is I think that they aren't big on evangelism because they don't want to force the rapture. 
they don't want Jesus to come back if everybody hears the gospel with that yeah. level of power mm-hmm. Jesus <laughs> would just come back so right. they're like the yo you know what we gotta, we gotta we gotta hold we off got a, a little bit we got a good thing going here let's so keep it going yeah, we yeah. got a good thing going yeah. we're just chilling so they're just like you know what we're gonna sit on this power inside of us you hmm. know that's my personal perspective interesting okay yeah. so super cuts what's, what's your uh, rebuttal I mean, bottom line is Jars of Clay does not care about evangelism. I respect it, but like they're Gunger adjacent. They don't care. <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> so you're not giving me a reason why the host of The View would be better. You're giving me a reason why Jars of Clay would be worse. Jars of Clay is not even, like, like, they're not even going to fight. They're just going to be like, we don't care. We're just going to play yeah. more songs. We're just going to play more like kind of pop songs and ride on the coattails of like being so sort of edgy in the ccm world but they, they don't care mm. yeah i i'm with you and and frankly i'm this the whole question is getting me uncomfortable because i don't think they're that have some from my experience not that great a sense of humor about stuff like this i'm a little worried about them hearing <laughs> no. this one time i tweeted it's one true. time it, they were they were like forming kind of like a super group and it was like daniel hasseltine it was a couple other bands it was like maybe someone from like cayman's call or Cass or whatever you know and they were doing like and i i tweeted it out and i and and the joke it wasn't even i didn't even feel like it was mean-spirited it, it was just like i said prepare to prepare to rock dot 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 softly and like send it out there again pretty harmless it's not like they're not known as like a heavy metal band they did not find that funny and send some shade back uh, my way. And so this whole conversation, I don't think is going to be accepted very well, but it is what it is. Charles, don't be pull right. a Vin Diesel That'd and take right. yourself too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So final, final argument, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that we're, if we're going to, if it's just a numbers game here, if we're just saying, we're just like hand for hand, I think Jars got it kind of because they, they were, they were forged in these fires. This is their whole but entire isn't world. There, on the view, remind me real quick. Isn't there a, an outspoken Christian one always? There well, is got, somebody over McCain, there. They got McCain. They got Megan. You know, maybe. Ain't nobody listening to no Megan McCain. Ain't Again, nobody listening to no Megan McCain. Will just relent and yeah. get saved, make her stop. They just gonna but cut it off. But, but I don't think she was <laughs> a dare to turn it off. She wasn't a dare to share a Christian. Yeah, they're just gonna slam the door. They're gonna open it up. Megan McCain, slam. It's just gonna be that's. They're not gonna I, give her a chance to you know it'll, mm, lock the door I, in their face. Jars of clay have a little more. They they've got a little. They're a little more winsome. They've got don't have the negative energy that I'm sorry. Most of the people on the view do have that like that like mm. oh just stop talking situation. So I think jars just have the ability to run out the clock in a way that people are not going to give to mm. the view co-hosts. Well, well not, not only music. that, good not music. only that, and I'm probably, I'm probably going against our case here, Kristen, but uh, you know, fair is fair. And they have the, they have the, they have the ultimate advantage in that scenario. And that's when the pastor says, I'm going to need the band to come on up. You know what oh, I mean? When, when those words stage. are spoken, Thanks, and then there's some soft little keyboard <laughs> they, or like someone noodling on the acoustic. It, it occurred to me. Yeah, occurred this to is me. true. Yeah. Hey, yeah. the band, come on Give up. We're going to do something here. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> Jesse, what you know, all the arguments, I mean, the fact that people would, would give in just to have them stop, to have the women of the view stop was a very compelling argument. The fact that Jars of Clay is gunger adjacent and don't care very compelling argument but I think Jesse just brought it home for the champions and the point goes to Jar- uh, to the champions Jars of Clay yeah, wins the epic battle Jesse uh, I appreciate I'm an honest guy I'm an honest guy it's, you know all right, this one is more in the this uh, last one that we'll do is the more in the line of uh, the comic book argument so here's the scenario it's the Jared Leto Joker 
Okay. Versus Black Widow. Black Widow, big movie coming out this summer. So the Joker versus Black Widow. And the scenario is horse. H-O-R-S-E, the basketball shooting uh-huh. competition yeah, between yeah. the Jared Leto Joker and the Black Widow. Champions, you have Black Widow. Supercuts, you have the Joker. Champions, you begin. Tell me why Black Widow would be better, would beat the Joker at horse. Um, She's a gymnast. Number one, she's a okay. gymnast. Have you seen the cartwheel she does off the top of buildings? What does that have to do with shooting shooting a basketball? All right, so if somebody jump off the top of a building, do a triple back pirouette flip, and then dunk the ball, do you think the Joker is going to do that? No, he's not going to uh-huh. do that. Like, she's a freaking gymnast. She do, like, karate flips off the buildings, jumping around, doing all them flips. There's no way that the Joker... With his old stale, pasty, pale face, is gonna be able to do any of that. Like he's okay. not doing that. He's not really athletic. You see what bro look like? Bro, chest yeah. is his, his. He got a bird chest. If he take his shirt off, his chest gonna fly away. So we not talking about that. We Black Widow is in the game. She. I mean, this is no brainer. Okay. Okay. Jesse, this one to me, it's pretty easy because I don't know Jared Leto. Uh, I assume he's a lunatic. Um, uh, because of <laughs> the way he just carries himself, and okay. but I do know this about him: he's a very method actor. When he was when he got the role of the Joker, he became the Joker for like a year and was literally acting like the Joker. Even if he if this is Jared Leto in the character of the Joker, he's going full method on this competition. Is going to embed himself mm. with like the Harlem Globetrotters for like three years. Even if this is one game of horse, the mm. one thing I know about the guy is the guy has transformed his body like six different times for movies that weren't even good movies. He was just like, yeah, I will for this one. I will put on two hundred pounds and then lose three hundred for the next one. He's just one of those weird guys, mm. and I feel mm. like if he knew this was in play, he would for a year just watch Steph Curry videos on. Instagram and practice horse. And, and he, he might be unbeatable at that point. Okay, Shaq also Shaq also played a genie and he was an actor. That doesn't change anything. Yeah. yeah like, what does I'd, that mean? I'd push back on Jesse's argument just because that's Jared. Le- we're talking about Joker. We're talking about Jared Leto is Joker. This isn't this isn't Space Jam starring Jared Leto as the Joker. We're talking we're talking about Jared we're talking about Joker himself as played by Jared Leto. And I would mm. also argue that that Joker is an agent of chaos. Like he doesn't care about rules. He doesn't care about what the he's not even going to try to he's not even going to be trying to really like land these baskets. Mm. This is way beneath. Mm-hmm. He just has a total disinterest in this sort of stuff. So I think Black Widow, an athlete who would take this very seriously, would just be outclassed. Okay, and so a final quick uh, point. Uh, Supercuts. Kristen, take this home for us. You know, he's he's bringing the pathos. You know, he, he has a lot going on underneath. The Joker is a complicated person. Um, I think we're selling him short to assume that he's not playing pickup on the weekends just because it may be off brand for his so sort true. of goth vibe. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, you know, I, th- I think he's more than we think he is. And, and he's got a lot I of pain. I just got a visual of Joker <laughs> just a little bit. It was the funniest thing yeah. I've ever seen. It's, it's, like, it's like the, uh, the, the uh, Chappelle show with Prince. <laughs> yes. like, when you see Prince hooping, you're just like, yes. dude, Prince could ball. 
Kerensky Ball, and he <laughs> kind of looks Joker like Joker. Yeah, he was white, dressing bro. like the Joker for a long stint <laughs> his Joker, career. The pr- Prince is black. It's a rite of passage playing basketball. Prince grew up in the mean streets playing basketball on the side. Joker grew up in the sewer or something. You know what I'm saying? So we just a former stand up. up. I mean, she's a little yeah. white girl too. Bro, she grew up. She, bro, she grew up doing gymnastics. They trained <laughs> yeah. her as an assassin. Joker is a former stand up comedian. You think stand up comedians come out of the basketball world? Like, like that's Last not. You point. don't go into stand up comedy if you can hoop. Kevin Durant's nickname. Right. First off, stand up comedians aren't hooping. Second off, Kevin Durant's nickname is Lethal Sniper. Black Widow is a lethal sniper. Yeah. Yeah, she's she, she's right. she's great. Tell me in all this Soviet espionage training that she underwent mm-hmm. to develop her superpowers of, you know, uh, uh, you know, marksmanship and uh, athleticism and hand-to-hand combat where jump shooting came in. So, what day did the spies come in no, and teach her they that? They did not have basketball right? day. We got we got to wrap yeah, this. And so I here's 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 how it comes down to for me. I do believe that if it was a jump shooting competition, the Joker Jared Leto would win because that's more his speed. But Derek made the right point, I believe, that horse is about action as well as made shot. So she could jump up in the air, do a flip and dunk it, and he would have to replicate the action. She would just dunk five times in ways that the Joker can't. I, I give it to the champions. Give me right. my money. I she's epic battle. She wins it. We have, listen to the, we got to wrap this up, but listen, we've got, here's some of the people that we will have in future epic battles. We have Megan the Stallion. We got uh, Seth Rogen. We got Bob the Tomato. We got Simone Biles. We got Dolly Parton. We got we got some scenarios coming up. We got to settle, folks. But that's for a future epic battle. I'm right now, it. today, the champions are the champion. Congratulations, Derek. two to one. Could have done without you, Derek. Good job, guys. Epic battle. Jesse gave y'all one of the points. Yeah, so really appreciate it. We We appreciate it. Hey, before we wrap it up, I want to mention, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but the summer issue of Relevant is out now. You can go check it out in its entirety. It's our biggest collection of features ever. Uh, I think it's 15 features. Incredible uh, lineup. Go check it out at relevantmagazine.com slash magazine. Uh, the entire issue is available ad-free thanks to UHSM. So cool. Uh, speaking of UHSM, go check out the entire spring series of Quarter Life. It's available now. We'll leave it up for a few more weeks. It's at uh, Just click the Quarter Life section over at relevantmagazine.com. And uh, thanks to UHSM for their support of that initiative. It's been an amazing content series and really eye-opening to see all the articles that have exploded <laughs> seeing what y'all are connecting with. It has more engagement and almost triple the readership time of any of our content. So the Core Life section is obviously connecting. Go check it out if you've missed some of it. Also, while you're at the site, head over to the face section and check out our daily devotional, Deeper Walk. It's presented by Lumo. We have a morning devotional every weekday. We also have a daily podcast. So you can get the Deeper Walk podcast wherever you get your podcast. All things presented by Lumo. So grateful to them. And Deeper Walk is awesome. I engage it every morning. It's really good stuff. Go check it out. Okay. Well, on that note, we will wrap it up. This has been a fun one. From the mountains, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. Supercuts. <laughs> I'm Derek Miner. <laughs> I'm Kristen Howerton. We'll see you next week. Have a good week, everyone.
Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. They've been going homemade chemicals for a long time. Relevant Podcast Network.